Hey guys, this is Oddity Files. The, the Oddisode. Pod- oh, we did that last time. Let's do it again. What What do we do? What are we Instead supposed to do? Instead of the podcast, we say the Oddisode. All things encrypted. Hey guys, this is Oddity Files. And guess what? It's an Oddisode. No, that's not nearly as that catchy. That doesn't work either. No. But, bonus, it's an Oddisode. This is a random episode episode that just ends up in your feed one day and you don't even know it's coming it's short and sweet and full of surprises full of all the surprises and i'm kitsy duncan and i'm clayton abbott and hey what's up peeps so we got (laughs) so much feedback on our last episode about just listeners stories that we decided we need to do it again. And literally, we have a stack of stories. I am so excited. It's so, so crazy. And we thank you guys so much because without any of you, we would not be near as successful at this. And we would just be sitting here talking to each other, telling ourselves stories, which is equally amusing for us. Which we we would have done anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> but we, here we are telling your stories, which is honestly one of my favorite parts about what we do. Absolutely. So if you have a story and you're listening and you're like, oh, I have this story. I should send that to them. Go ahead and send it. Just go to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com and send it. Or if you send it to us on our Twitter, at oddityfiles, on our Instagram, at oddityfiles, it's much harder for me to find them on there, to print them out. But do it if it's easier. Or our Facebook page. Yes, everything. All the stuff and all the things. I've got... A couple stories. How I about you? Too. So, how do we decide who goes first on these? I forgot. I don't know. But let me say first. I so when we were going through these stories, keep in mind, like when we first started this, we were asking a lot of our friends and people we knew to submit stories. But now I'm like, do, do you know who this is? We're like, no. I know it's and so amazing. It really is so amazing, and we thank you guys so so much for listening and and sharing everything that we always ask you to share and just being great fans because we want you to know that we absolutely still thoroughly enjoy doing this so much and again like i said this is my favorite part so i have a long story and a short story should you start with your long story i'll go short story then short story then long story yeah perfect okay perfect okay so this story was sent via twitter from Allie. oh Allie is a friend of mine okay perfect And she says, when I was growing up, my grandmother was really ill. She had eight bypasses and numerous open heart surgeries. We lived with her from my birth till she passed in 1988. She was my best friend in the entire world. Mm. And she was my safety when I felt, when I felt none. Before she passed, I had a conversation or she had a conversation with me about being a strong girl and not crying when she died or at the funeral. She believed I was prepared enough for her death and, and tears were pointless. She died on New Year's Day, and I never shed a single tear. A few months later, all those emotions came crashing in, and I completely lost it. I sat on my bed and cried like I never cried before. Through my haze of tears, I saw something. I focused and realized it was my grandma. Her spirit moved towards me, and I swear to you, she hugged me. Tight. My crying stopped instantly, and she was gone. I tell you all of this for the next part. Ooh. A year and a half later, my mom sent me to my mom sent me to cross the street and get an Avon order. Oh, an Avon order for our neighbors. 
We lived on a busy street, and she says, very busy. But I had crossed that street a million times. The light turned red, and I started to cross when a woman who wasn't paying attention hit me going 45 miles an oh, hour. shit. Right before the car hit me, I smelled my grandma's perfume. <gasps> a scent I would recognize anywhere. It's called Red Door Perfume. Oh, I know exactly what that smells like. I felt like I was pushed back with an incredible force. Because of that, I didn't even break a bone. Wait, what? I got hit and survived, and nothing more than a terrible road rash on my back. I didn't have a concussion. To further this, when I was hit, I landed on the woman's hood. She slammed on the brakes, and I flew off and hit a street sign and then skidded oh, across shit. the ground. In the ambulance, I kept telling them how there was someone else there who pushed me out of the way and saved me, but there was no other person there. If that push hadn't have happened, they aren't sure if I would have lived through the accident. Oh, my gosh. Jeez, Allie. That's amazing. You know, it's... I. Firmly believe in guardian angels slash spirit guides slash there's always something looking out for people, you know, and talk about looking out for Allie. That's incredible. That's crazy. And terrifying. And the smell of the perfume before, so right. she knew exactly who it was. Oh, that. And who is that dumbass woman that hit her? Yeah. Can we just put that out there? Bitch face. Bitch face driver chick. That just happened. So- a couple weeks ago, we had a story sent in by uh, Mark, who found us on the Instagram, and he told us about a personal experience, and he said he was going to send more experiences of haunted locations in and around him. And that's what this story is. It's about a couple places in and around. I think he was from Maryland. I'm not sure. I probably should have read through this before I started reading it now. Let's see how this goes, shall we? It says, hey, it's Mark again with the second email. St. Mary's County is home to St. Mary's City, which is the first colonial in Maryland, established in 1630. They fled England from religious persecution and was established as a home of religious freedom. Flash forward 60 years in the town of Leonardtown, about 15 miles north of St. Mary's City, there was a lady named Moll Dyer. She was supposedly a widow, but no one really knows her backstory. That year was a bad year for crops, and then the following winter was unusually cold. The townspeople obviously blamed the spinster lady, it's always the spinster lady's fault, who lived alone in the woods and claimed she was a witch. People, everybody's judging everybody, just putting it out there. One night, they went to her house to arrest her for witchcraft. After she refused to leave her house, they decided to burn the house down with her inside. People! No way. Are you fucking kidding me? Just because somebody's different, it doesn't mean they're bad. Anywho, uh, days later, they finally found her in the woods near a creek now called Mall Dyer Creek. At least she got a creek named after her for all her troubles. She had frozen to death. She was lying or kneeling on a large rock when they removed her body. Supposedly, her handprint was etched in the stone. The location remained a mystery until the 70s when relocated to the old jail in Leonardtown. And supposedly, it's cursed because that's how you get curses. 
you can actually still go to see the stone. And if you have good eyes and an active imagination, you can still see the handprint. The legend of Mal Dyer and the legend of the Bell Witch of Tennessee were actually the inspiration for the Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. I knew about the Bell Witch. I didn't know that Mal was partial inspiration. I didn't either. He's got a couple stories here. I'm going to skip one. We'll save that one for another one. Um, But this one is a tad shorter. It's about the Piney Point Lighthouse on the Potomac River. It's nicknamed the President's Lighthouse because the stones used to build it came from the same quarry as the stones the White House was mined from. I think I might have seen something about this on the Mysteries at the Museum. Surprise! Okay, so back before refrigeration, especially down here in the sticks of southern Maryland, there wasn't a morgue. So when someone would die, they would wrap the bodies up and place them at the base of the lighthouse because the walls are three foot thick stone. Even in the dead of summer, it stays around 55 to 65 degrees. So they would leave the bodies there until they could be transported by boat up to D.C., Years ago, when I did my first investigation there, I was talking to the lady who runs the Lighthouse Museum. At first, she told me she had never heard of anything paranormal that had happened there. That's weird. And then she remembered one time she was with a field trip of second graders. Walking into the Lighthouse, the door is only about four foot tall. So she was telling everybody to watch their heads walking through the door. Then one of the children asked if she could step over the thing on the ground. Hearing this, and confused, the lady turned around and saw what looked like a body wrapped in a cloth on the ground. (laughs) She canceled the tour, locked the door, called the police, as one would. When the police got there, they found nothing. She was the only one with the key there. So there's a few other stories about the area, but those are the few that I know a lot about. Feel free to use whatever you want for the show. Keep up the great work. And as soon as I catch up on the podcast, I will switch over to the show on Amazon. (laughs) Good boy, Mark. Maybe I can even get my girlfriend to watch with me. Yes, you totally should. Clayton's very cute. And that's from Mark, who is at exploring underscore with underscore the underscore boys on Instagram. Thanks, Mark. It's great. So our next story comes from Corey. And Corey says, Hi, so I've had a number of odd things happen to me, mostly of the ghostly variety. I like this already. Me too. First two experience came almost 12 years ago, not long after my grandfather had passed away. Gosh, All why did I get the... Yeah. <laughs> I was coming home from work maybe two weeks after the funeral when all of a sudden I caught the scent of Salem cigarettes in my car. Here's the thing. I didn't smoke, and that was my grandpa's brand. This was this was followed by a feeling of calm. Oh, that makes complete sense. Or maybe I ran over a minty skunk, but I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> a burning Salem I smelled. I had many weird experiences where I worked for about nine years starting around the time of my first experience with the phantom cigarette smell. I saw objects fly off of things they shouldn't have, felt presences, heard footsteps, so on and so forth. The craziest thing I encountered there, however, was when my best friend and I saw a soda machine serve a drink all on its own. What? 
Unfortunately, there were no floating cups involved, but what did happen was pretty remarkable. The switch for the ice kicked back on its own. Then the diet soda switch kicked back on its own. Pretty sure my friend and I peed a little. I want that ghost. (laughs) If any other things come to mind, I'll be sure to pass them on and keep up the good work of the podcast. Loving it so far, and I can't wait to hear about all the creepy New Orleans stories. Ooh, yes. Thanks, Corey. That's crazy. That's insane. But if you could train that ghost, it could be of some use around the house. You know, train him to make an old-fashioned, Right. You only need one ice cube for that, so that's what I'm talking about. Bullet old-fashioned, please, Mr. Ghostly figure, who I don't know who you are. Make one for yourself, that's fine. That's totally fine. All the spirits, all the time. So I've got one that was sent from Mistaken Singer on Instagram. She says, hey guys, this is a brief fan-submitted story. My mom told me this story when I got older. So it goes like this. When I was five and a half years old, my family and I were living in Lake Oswego, Oregon. Jealous. God, I love Oregon. I love Oregon so much. I was in my room and supposed to be in bed. She walked by my room and heard me talking. No, Clayton, this is not an imaginary friend story. Ha, ha. <laughs> she knows me. She knows you. She opened the door and asked who I was talking to. I said, Grandma. Is Grandparents Day coming up and it's we didn't even know today. it? It is. She was confused because my grandma was living with my aunt in Arkansas and was totally alive. The next day, she picked me up from school, and when we got home, we could hear my dad crying. We walked back to their bedroom And he told us that my grandma had passed away the night before. Whoa. Whoa. Very much like Cooper's story. Right. My mom was in shock, not only about that, but what she witnessed the night before. Ever since her passing, when I've gone to mediums, they tell me I have a guardian angel that follows me everywhere and that her name starts with a D. And I instantly smile knowing it's my grandma Dorothea. I know she's still around, and I still talk to her. Oh, oh awesome. Grandma Dorothea. I have a one of my spirit guides slash guardians angels is my maternal grandmother, Grandma Alice. Grandma Stobbs is what we would call her. So she, she keeps tabs on me, her and dad. So I love <laughs> guardian angel stories. It is cool. So our last story in this episode is from Daniel. Hi, Daniel. He says, hello, this is Daniel. I will start out with my first experience with the paranormal. I was two years old when me and my dad were driving down an old curvy road. It was about 9.30 p.m. when a car came like a bat out of hell around a sharp curve and almost hit us head on. Oh. My dad yanked the wheel of our car and we hit a ditch so hard that it broke the strap <gasps> from my, my seatbelt. I fell into the windshield head first. Then the force pushed me back into my seat. The car that almost hit us was gone. And this was before cell phones, so my dad ran to the house that was down the road to call for help. First of all, why don't people stop? Go right. Ahead. So he ran um, to the house down the street to ask for help. This is when it got odd. Okay. I was in the car when a little girl popped up next to me. No. To help my hand and told me I was going to be okay and safe. At this time, my dad and a man from the house were back to the wreck site. I asked who the little girl was and where did she come from. That is when a mist formed and she was gone. And at that same time, seven little lights started to dance around my head. And they stayed until the EMTs got to the wreck site. Huh? 
They got me into the ambulance, and that's when the lights left me for the first time. The EMTs then saw seven lights and even wrote about them in their report. Really? Thank you, Daniel. If you'd like more experiences from my life, please feel free to contact me. Absolutely, Daniel. Send them in. Oh, it says PSS. This is the first email I have ever sent. Oh, I feel <laughs> so special now. No, thank you so much, Daniel. And seriously, that is absolutely incredible. The little girl was a little creepy, but at least she was, you know, there for good. It did give me some goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Clayton's thinking in his head, nope, nope, it's nope, like, nope, uh, nope, A little nope, girl pops nope. up next to me. I'm <laughs> running away. And, and what's crazy to me is the lights that the EMT saw as well. And like noted them in the report. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. You guys, thanks for sending in your stories. We love them. We do love listeners, listener stories. Absolutely. You guys, check us out on all the socials. We're at Oddity Files on the stuff and the things. We've got a Facebook group, an exclusive Facebook group called Oddity Files Fan Group. Check us out. Check out our show on Amazon Prime. And we love you to pieces, and we can't say that enough. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And weird is the new cool. Goodbye. See ya.